0: They're, like, basically said that, like, you have one minute, like, reset to go to the next. And I, like, was standing there, and my judge is, like, Carrie, we have to go over there. I was, like, I can't. She's, like, Carrie, we have to go over there. I was, like, I I can't. She goes, you have to move. Like, we have to go. It's going to start in, now the time was, like, 30 seconds. And I literally had to walk, like, 10 steps, and I was just, like, I don't know if I can. And then I got right over there, and then three, two, one, go. And that second part of the ringer. I, yeah, I felt like I had never done a day of CrossFit in my life. Like We went to go do the burpees and like jump up to the, r- the first rep I missed, and I was just like, this is going to be a long workout.
1: Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to five-time CrossFit Games competitor, Carrie Pierce. Carrie found CrossFit after a standout gymnastics career at the University of Michigan. Since her Games debut in 2015, she's established herself as the most consistent American woman in that competition, finishing the Games as the fittest American woman in 2016, 2018, and most recently, 2019. I first met Carrie way back at her first ever regionals competition and it's been an amazing experience to see her evolution from CrossFit rookie to one of the sports absolute best. In our conversation today, we talk about training around injuries, getting the most out of an off season and what happens when games level athletes hit a wall in tough workouts. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already. Be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. I have to ask, it's January 2020 when we're recording this. We're a few months removed from, I guess, the second open of 2019. It gets confusing. How are you feeling right now? What's training like right now? And are you ramping anything up as we kind of head into sanctional season? The games are still, you know, months away.
0: Yeah, it's crazy that the games are still months away, but I actually just received my official invite uh, on a few days ago. Congrats. Thank you. So now that's officially checked off the list. I'm like, okay, well, it's January, the beginning of January, and I've already qualified for the games, which is a nice sense of relief. And, I mean, they watched all five videos through the weeks of the Open, so it's kind of just like waiting for the official invite, but... It finally came, so it's definitely a nice, like, relief. But I'm still planning on doing a couple of sanctionals. Um, Guadalooza is going to be the first one up, which is the end of February. That one's always so much fun. Miami, can't go wrong. Um, And it's definitely going to have some good competition there, so I'm looking forward to that just after having, like, a little bit of an off-season, but still not very long of one because, you know, we had a couple of weeks. Well, I took a couple weeks off after the games and then had to get back into training because the Open was right around the corner. And then... Took a little bit of like downtime after a little bit, but not really um, just because I wanted to keep training and work on my strength. And my coach is like, let's continue to go through. And I was actually supposed to. Well, I was planning on doing Dubai, but I hurt my Achilles in the open. So I was battling that. And the doctor said I couldn't run. He didn't want me doing double unders, box jumps anything like that for a couple of weeks, and then he's like, well, basically you're going to have to choose Dubai or Wadapalooza. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I would rather just let my Achilles get well right from the get-go than going to Dubai, messing it up, and who knows if I would be able to finish the competition too. And so I'm like, let's just get it better and go to Wadapalooza. And then after that, I'm planning on doing the West Coast Classic, which is in California in March. And then I'll also do the Rogue Invitational, which is in May. And then after that will be the games in August. So that's kind of my plan for the sanctional season. For someone who's
1: already qualified, that seems like a pretty busy competition calendar. Do you worry about burnout mentally?
0: Not really. I think after having a little bit of time away from competing after the Open, I think kind of like let me reset. I think if I would have done, I mean, the plan, like I said, was to go to Dubai and then Wadapalooza and then Rogan. I'm actually kind of glad that I did not because it gave me, I mean, basically from the beginning of November now till February that I didn't have to compete and like I could kind of mentally be just like by myself and not worry about competing with people. So I think that was kind of an off season mentally for me and I still, you know, had to work on some of my weaknesses and I really enjoy training. I enjoy competing as well. So I think it'll just be fun to go to different places. Like I'm always excited, you know, about Miami and then I think California should be a lot of fun. I haven't been out to Cali in a couple of years. So that's always nice. And then Rogue is such an easy trip that, and it's about the time that regionals were, so that's always a good test as well.
1: If you don't mind me asking, uh, let's talk a little bit about that Achilles injury. Which workout, was it Was it during the open work, like an open workout that you heard it, or was it during training in between those workouts?
0: Yeah, it was during 20.4 with the box jumps, and it was the rebounding uh, that I shouldn't have done, but me and my coach before the workout were like, Should we rebound them? Should we not? Because I actually hurt my other Achilles a couple of years ago at the games during a box jump over workout. And this one was, you know, just the plain box jumps. And we're like, it'll be fine. We do plenty of running, plenty of double unders. Like your Achilles will be okay. It should handle 90 box jumps. And during the middle of it, it kind of felt a little weird. Then after I actually felt more of like the back of my knee, which my doctor said was my popliteus. And he's like, yeah, that's understandable. And then as that kind of subsided, then I started to feel the Achilles a little bit more. So since, yeah, 20.4, I actually just ran for the first time last Friday since the Open. So...
1: Well, uh, I'm glad you're getting back up to uh, back up to full speed and running is certainly something we've seen in a lot of the sanctional events. I mean, I, th- I think that in my mind, from, from covering regionals for so long and going to regionals for so long, I still have this mindset of like regionals workouts where you're like indoor, you might have one like true form workout, but these sanctionals, I mean, there are some big endurance events. We saw it in Dubai and we're going to see it, I'm sure, later on this year too.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know that there's always going to be running and like Wattapalooza last year had running in and out of the sand, like and into the water. And the year before was like a five or seven K run. I don't remember the exact distance, but you know, there's always going to be some sort of running just because it is such a good fitness test.
1: One thing I do want to ask about is you mentioned you, you just, as of this recording, just a few days ago, got official confirmation that you're going back to the CrossFit games. And it must have been pretty nerve-wracking because CrossFit HQ had said they were going to kind of have those final results by a certain date. That date came and went, and a lot of people, yourself included, didn't have those results yet. So, I mean, were you pretty confident you were, you were still going to make it, and you were, were you pretty confident in the video review? I mean, how did you kind of deal with that mentally?
0: Yeah, so luckily for me, like, each week, if you're in the top 40, then they ask for your video. Mm -hmm. And so from 20.1, they asked for my video, 20.2, every week of the Open through 20.5, they asked for my video. So I knew that I had submitted all five videos, and they went through the penalties each week. So it was just kind of like a waiting game, but still, like, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, like, come on, because they didn't come out with any penalties for me, per se. Like, they had other athletes that had penalties. But you're still like, okay, did they, like, actually watch them and review them because i saw on my youtube that there was certain a certain number of videos or numbers that they at times that they watched it like the calories on the row like no normal person is going to go just watch my calorie row video so at least i knew like <laughs> after watching like there was four views on that i'm like okay i know they've watched it but still you're just kind of like waiting around so it's nice when you officially get that invite and then you see like Congrats you're going to the games
1: It's like waiting for a read receipt on a text, like you know they've read it or you know they've read your Instagram message, and you're like come on, come on
0: guys come on I'm waiting i'm waiting Just <laughs> send it now like you've already watched all five of them. What it's, are you
1: waiting for? It's nice to know that elite athletes feel that. The same thing that everyone else feels like when you're waiting for like, you know, that you're crushed to text back or something like that, or when you're sliding into someone's DMs. It's good to know that's a universal feeling.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It definitely is. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you talked
1: about working on some weaknesses and working on your strength in particular. And I assume that has to do with things like squat strength, or probably a lot of power lifting movements or style training this off season. Talk a little bit about that and Was there anything in particular, this is a leading question by the way, was there anything particular after the games you're like, you and your coach were like, okay, we have to attack this and it's going to be a new, like a new you for the next season?
0: Yeah. So cleans, cleans, cleans. And it has just been something that I've been kind of working on my whole time through CrossFit, just because it has been that weakest link kind of thing. And Recently I started working with a new weightlifting coach just because my coach is like, I don't get what is going on. Like my upper body, like I don't do jerks for months and I end up coming back and PR my jerk. I squat three, four times a week and it's like heavy, a lot of volume, like all sorts of things. And my squat will like go up minimally, but and that's my back squat. My front squat is just like the most stubborn thing ever. He's like, I don't get it. And so I actually just started talking to a new weightlifting coach, and he was like He saw a few squat videos. He goes, how many times have you sprained your ankles in gymnastics? And I was like, a lot. He goes, I can tell that your ankle mobility is not good. And because of that, whenever you do back squats, you're hinging forward. Yeah,
1: you can compensate if you don't have that ankle flexion.
0: Exactly, but not in front squats. So like when I do front squats, I always lean forward because I can't keep that upright posture. So he's like, yeah, your back and your hamstrings are super strong, but your quads are really weak. And so that's something um, that... We recently started doing just a lot more positioning, front squats, and just loading up my legs um, with, like, uh, box squats and things like that. So I just need to get these quads stronger because after the clean event at the games, like, granted your legs were tired after the other events that you have done, but it was like I should be able to clean that 215, and each year it's probably just going to get heavier. So that's the thing that we just need to keep practicing is cleans and front squats.
1: And that's kind of breaking a little bit of a stereotype I have in my mind. When I think a former gymnast, you always think, oh, those are the most mobile athletes. Those athletes have perfect positions and ranges of motion. That's not always the case. No matter what your sporting background is, everyone has those little aches and pains and tweaks. And I think that we think gymnasts have this superior mobility in all planes. And your mobility in a lot of ways is really great, but it seems like that is one thing that you know might have been holding you back. Was there anything else kind of coming out of gymnastics that you think might have actually Held you back in your development as a CrossFit athlete?
0: Yeah, part of the ankle mobility, and then also like the thoracic spine. So, like anything overhead, you're just so used to being in the hollow body position. Um, so your upper, like your upper back, you're always like hunched forward, and similar to people in the daily world now that you know you're on your computer and your phone and everything. Nowadays you're always yep, hunched forward and your upper back just gets. I gotta sit super up during this recording and, here because right, Carrie's watching. Fix that posture. I've recently done the same thing more and more often. Yep. Just sitting up taller because in gymnastics, yeah, you're always in that like hunched back position. And so that's also part of the front squat problem is that my uh, upper back is so tight that I'm always leaning forward. So between the tight ankles and the tight upper back, then the front squat, my elbows just wanna come down and I just wanna fall forward with the weight. So those two things are definitely the negatives that came from gymnastics. Though there are a lot of other positives.
1: Yeah, I mean there certainly are. I remember the first time I met you. I think it was at regionals. I want to say 2015, and I had a friend who was um, working one of the booths, one of the vendor booths, and he said, "Hey, I there's a I have a there's a woman competitor here who says she can do like 200 handstand push-ups," and I was like. What are you like? What are you? What are you talking about, man? Like that's impossible. And then I remember I met you a little later on in the weekend, and and, and you're real nice, and and you walked away. My friend came up, and he goes, "That's her. That's the one. That's the one." And I just couldn't. I just couldn't believe it. But I mean, for you, that kind of movement, you just had that for for days and days and days when you started CrossFit. What were some movements that maybe felt a little foreign? You mentioned that overhead positioning. Um, were there any other movements where you know, even as a former gymnast, you're like, I just, I just can't. get this. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Well, like as far as movements, um, yeah, just keeping my arms close to my head, uh, or keep my arms close to my ears when my arms are overhead. And then also just that front rack position was just, it's just so hard for me. It still is. And even just like holding the bottom of the squat is just still more difficult just because of the tight ankles, anything like on the pull-up bar feels great. Um, but just like you said, gymnasts have very select flexibility so there's like like the splits and everything are great it's just the front rack position the bottom of the squat things like that you never go into and so it's just different and then anything like running (laughs) and swimming those, those things I mean they're not like particular like movements but you know something that you have to do in CrossFit those definitely like felt foreign and rowing was horrendous when I started CrossFit but that's kind of what makes it fun is that you have so many new things to learn that you're never bored.
1: And, and I should clarify, like we, we mentioned your front squats and cleans as a weakness you're attacking. The word weakness is, is relative. I mean, yeah. you're one of the best CrossFit athletes in the world, and, and you talk about missing a 215-pound clean. For a lot of people, that's something they could maybe – maybe aspire to hit once in their life when they're perfectly fresh, not at the end of, you know, five days of competition. So it is all relative when we talk about weaknesses here. you got to be pretty good at everything, including running and swimming and things like that. I mean, I don't think anyone brings a weak game to the games anymore.
0: No, you can't just because all of the athletes are so good. Like everybody has like certain, you know, like you said, what we call weaknesses. Like maybe somebody can, yeah, only snatch 180 pounds whereas other people can snatch 220 it's like nobody's weaker you can only run a six minute mile where other girls can run a 515 or whatever so it's you're not slow and you're not weak it's just compared to like the top athletes like for me my clean especially compared to tia who hit 265 who's who's
1: literally an olympian in weightlifting is what you're comparing
0: (laughs) yourself to but you know she's who you're competing against so she's an olympian in weightlifting but then she's also phenomenal at running and swimming and the gymnastics stuff. So just the girls that you're competing against are just so tough all around that you can't have any weaknesses if you're going to make that top 10 at the games.
1: I do have to ask, uh, not to not to harp on moments that maybe are not so memorable or not so fun to rethink from the games. I do have to talk about the uh, the ring toast of our <laughs> toast through rings event. Um, it was it was a you know back to it was called the double was it the double ringer was that what it was called yeah the double ringer event two workouts back to back with a very brief rest period in between. You came blistering out of the gate, and we we can we can link to this in the show notes because uh, Barb and we live streamed the CrossFit Games, and there was a moment where uh, it, it got. The movie got the best of you. Talk about that and kinda yeah. like what what was going through your mind and was there a moment where you're like, oh, oh no, uh oh, it's about to happen, I'm about to fall off.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean before the event I knew just like with the point standing, everything that I had to go ham in this event if I even wanted like a potential spot on the podium. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what you're there to do. You're there to give your best and have no regrets. So I like I know a salt bike isn't exactly my strength, so I knew I had to push that more than I wanted.
1: Just for context, that, that workout, it was a salt bike, toast, toast rings, yep. and, and that was it. it. That was mm-hmm. it for that one. Yeah,
0: okay. it was like 30, 20, 10 of each. Um, and yeah, in the first set of toast rings, I was like, okay, just make the kip really short, move really fast. Okay, yeah, you, perfect. I remember, so.
1: I remember doing commentary. We were just like, wow, she is just... Bliss, you were doing like two for every one other competitors were doing, it was insane.
0: Yeah, well, that was the first round, and the second <laughs> round, I was able to hold on. And then the third round, like, I mean, in the near the end of the second round of toast ring, like I said, it was like 20 reps, and you're like 18, 19. I was like, okay, these are getting hard, but I was like, you get to bike 10 more calories, and then it's only 10 toast ring, you'll be fine. Yeah,
1: Anyone can hold on for that, right?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. you would think, <laughs> except Carrie Pierce. So, yeah, I get going on the last set, and I like hit four toast ring, and I was going, I was like oh man, these are getting really hard. And like, I tried to get bigger just so I can get a little more m- momentum. And my core was just getting really fatigued. So like that rep eight, I went up and my toes did not hit the ring. So I was planning on like, you know, taking a second and then coming down. And my, I was just really fatigued. My timing was off. And then I end up just peeling right off the rings and landing flat on my stomach. And I mean, like you said, it was kind of a, ah, oh, oh no, this is gonna happen. Oh, okay, there's the mat. And then you're just like, well now you're like looking up at the rings cuz it knocked the wind out of me when I landed like flat on the box. But luckily the box is there because otherwise it could have been really bad like I could have landed on my head. You it, never know.
1: It was nice that they had the crash it was, it was basically a crash pad. It was yeah. like a soft-ish kind of pad there. So mm-hmm. that that was that was fortunate. I mean, you came yeah. away with no no lasting effects from that, I think, right?
0: Yeah, no. No, it was more just the wind knocked out of me and then when I stood up and looked up at the rings, it was like every, the world was like spinning. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to jump up and catch those things. And I was like, three, two, one, go. And then <laughs> finished the event, but then crossed the finish line. And I had never felt like that before in a workout, just because it knocked the wind out of you. And I mean, you know, the assault bike is tough, you can't breathe anyways. And they're like, basically said that, like, you have one minute, like, reset to go to the next. <laughs> And I like was standing there and my judge is like, Carrie, we have to go over I was like, I can't. She's like, Carrie, we have to go over there. I was like, I can't. like, I, was like I, I can't. She goes, you have to move. Like we have to go. It's going to start in now. The time was like 30 seconds. And I literally had to walk like 10 steps. And I was just like, I don't know if I can. And then I got right over there and then three, two, one, go. And that second part of the ringer, I, yeah, I felt like I had never done a day of CrossFit in my life. Like we went to go do the burpees and, like, jump up to the, r- the first rep I missed. And I was just like, this is going to be a long workout.
1: I had the, I heard the exact same thing. I've heard more about this workout from the athletes who did it than probably any other workout in CrossFit Games history. I was talking to James Newberry about it, and he came out blisteringly <laughs> fast on the men's <laughs> side. Same thing. Like, he, he, he was able to hold on on the rings, but he just, mm-hmm. like, completely blistered through it. And then on the ringer part two, he just – like you, you, it's like watching someone drive off a cliff in slow motion. Uh, it's how he described it. And he, at one point, you could see him struggling on the burpees. And everyone knows that feeling. And we're not used to seeing it for games athletes because, like, you know, you all are, are really pushing it. But there's a moment where he's literally like stepping down. And stepping up the burpees. And he was like, Yeah, my my worst memory from the games is my judge asking me if I was okay. <laughs> like, like he was like, Yeah, it was like taking a CrossFit intro class. Cause we yeah. all know that feeling. Mm-hmm. If you've done a cro- if you've done a day of CrossFit, like you you know that feeling, and it's always hiding somewhere, but it has to be a special workout to bring it out for athletes of your level. And apparently it did for a few of you.
0: Yeah. And that's like, like I said, one of those workouts that You kind of, you had to make up your mind somewhat if you wanted to go ham on the first part or like kind of reserve yourself to do well on the second. I mean, Catherine, I think won both parts, which is just amazing.
1: She's great at just kind of writing that, writing that line. Yeah. Just right before you get too insane on Mm. it.
0: Yeah. But I was, like I said, I had to go for it because I knew if I wanted to move up and get a spot on the podium, then I had to go and... No regrets. So
1: well, I mean, you did extraordinarily well at the games. You had some fantastic performances. One I want to talk about is Mary, which was a, a, a is a workout that I even before that I was like, yeah, Carrie's going to do pretty well on this. When they announced Mary as an event, which is you know, pull ups, uh, pistols, handstand push ups. For those of you who might not know it off the top of your head at home, you know, was that one where you were like, oh yeah, this is like my wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, I knew it was going to be a great event, but still, like, all the other girls are so phenomenal. Like, there's a lot of body weight specialists there, so it's one workout that you know you're going to do well. Like, me and my coach are like, okay, top three for sure, um, but still, you can never guarantee that it is going to be an event win. You have to go out there. You have to perform, and actually, like, going into it, my coach, he goes, let's do, like, the first couple rounds strict, and then we can go to kipping a little later on, and I was like, do you think that's a good idea? He's like, yeah, like let's move fast, and then so that was a know, spe- ki- that
1: was a speed thing because your strict movements are faster than your kipping movements.
0: Yeah, and he just wanted to get ahead at the beginning, and then I did like I think four rounds strict, and then I went to kipping, and I got a no rep on one of the kips, and I was like, well, the strict was just a lot easier, so I'm just going <laughs> to stick with that. And I, I mean, I was able to luckily like stick with it the whole time. And the handstand push-ups are my jam. One of the benefits of being a gymnast and being upside down for many many years of your life of those strong shoulders and tricep. So that was that was a great workout. Now, what does it feel
1: like? I mean, the games was a different format this year and um, it- the volume is still pretty high. It's maybe not as high as it's been in some previous years, but the the volume at the games is always high. What does it feel like after that final workout? I mean, the athletes, you have to stay kind of on the field of competition while they're doing awards, but I got to imagine like, you just want to go get like some pizza and like go to bed. I mean, what do you, how do you, how do you you feel right after that final workout?
0: Yeah. I mean, at at least after the final workout, you're kind of like, it's a little bit of like a sigh of relief because you're like, I am done. It's almost like before the final workout that you're like, I don't know how much I have left. Like the warm up before the final workout, you're, I mean, this year it was clean and jerks and muscle ups and snatches. And so you're like, okay, I'll do a few clean and jerks at the prescribed weight, a few muscle ups, a few snatches. I'm good. Like your warm up is just very simple, very quick because your body's just so fatigued at that point. Um, But then, yeah, when you finish, it's, like I said, almost like a little bit of a relief just because you're like, okay, well, I am done and my body is really tired because it has been through a lot. And I'm pretty sure by that point, every year, every muscle in my body is sore. And you're like quads, hamstrings, shoulders, (laughs) you name it, like everything. Certain body parts are a little more than others. Like this year is my legs just from that rock run. Um, But then it's always cool kind of like celebrating a little bit with the other athletes right after it's all said and done and kind of just like, soaking in the moment especially like getting fifth you're like I'm fifth place in the world like this is really cool so it's nice just getting to take like a second and just like look up at the crowd and look up like over at your fellow competitors and just kind of like admire everybody and admire just like the situation and take it in because you know I mean this will be my six CrossFit games this year but still it's it six seems like a lot but it's like it's only six so like you just want to like soak up Every year, every moment that you get.
1: Right. I mean, it only happens. It only happens once a year. I mean, that's, yeah. that That's it. Okay. Um, speaking of kind of celebrating after you're done with the CrossFit Games, who is the most fun CrossFit Games competitor to like go out with or, or hang out with? You can pick like one person for like a great night on the town kind of thing. Who is it?
0: Yeah, my favorite. Uh, my other favorite athlete is Sarah Sigmund's daughter. She's just like. Always in a good mood, such a good time, such a fun person, so optimistic, just like so lively. Like, she's awesome in every sort of way, and like, she'll go out of her way to help you or just to say hi or whatever it is. So, and she loves to have a good time and laugh. And, you know, obviously, if we're like training or whatever, that's serious. But when you're outside of the gym, just relaxing, chilling, she's so much fun to be around.
1: So let's talk about that period after the games. And you mentioned you had a a bit of an off season. I mean, we had to go right into the, it felt like we had to go almost right into the open after the games, but you had a few weeks where you could kind of tone down the volume, get some rest. What does that period look like for you? Are you taking time completely off or are you just kind of dialing back volume and intensity?
0: Yeah. So I took two weeks completely off of training right after the games. I went uh, back to Michigan, which is my where my family's from. And then I also went down to Miami to do some of the Waterpalooza qualifiers with some of the other athletes. It was fun just like filming and doing snippets of the workouts. So you're doing like the complete ones? Yeah. I was
1: going to say, if you're taking time completely off, you'll do like a couple movements for the camera, but you're not like doing the full intense workout. You're like, I'm, I'm resting right now.
0: Yeah. And that was like part of one of the workouts. Uh, I, Demoed it with Alex Smith, and we're like, okay, we're going to do a few five pull ups, five dumbbell snatches, five chest bar, and we're like, we're not doing anything, like too intense. So this is getting my coach. When I went down there, he's like, do not do a workout. Like I don't. He's like, I don't care what anybody else does. You are not going to do it. You need to rest. And I was like, I can do that. And like the house we were at had a pool and stuff, so it's nice just kind of like relaxing a bit. And then after the two weeks, um, we did start like the volume back up. It wasn't quite as intense as normal. But I also did a little bit of traveling, which was fun. I went to Zurich, Switzerland, did a couple gymnastics seminars there, like for CrossFitters. And then I was in Berlin and did a charity event for Battle for Cancer and then also had a seminar there. So I got to do a little bit of traveling and the volume was a little bit less too, which is always nice when you're traveling so you can actually like explore. So that was good. And I mean, it was probably like two to three weeks of lighter volume. And then after that, I kind of more or less got somewhat back into the swing of things and... It was actually funny. I think it was, like, it was the week of the U.S. Open for tennis. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt Frazier actually came into our gym in New York, and he was, like, back squatting, like, 225, like, bench pressing, like, 135 or something. He's like, I had a deadlift workout, and I was going to, like, 90%. he's like, wait, you're going to 90% of your one-rep max. It was, like, five or six weeks after the games. And I was like, yeah. He goes, you're crazy. (laughs) Like, because he was just doing, like, hardly anything. I was like, well, everyone's different, like what you do works for you. And then I have a coach to tell me what to do because he knows me better than I know myself. So everybody's different.
1: Yeah. Uh, one thing I know that you kind of prioritize year round, and this is just having spent some some time with you and being local to New York. And I see you talking about it a lot and, and actually walking the walk in training is you do prioritize core specific training, maybe a bit more than a lot of athletes. Talk about some of the reasoning for that. Is that something you picked up from your days in gymnastics?
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Just in gymnastics, we always did 10 minutes of specific core stuff every day, five to six days a week. And so whether it was at the beginning of our session or the end, it was always in there along with like probably five minutes during each event. So there was probably like 20 or 30 minutes of core specific stuff, whether it's a warm up, that 10 minutes or your cool down. And I just find that that like, because I sometimes have like back problems. And so whenever I slack on that, then I Can feel my back starting to act up, so I think that just helps me stay healthy, and I just feel better. And you know, everything in CrossFit, whether it's the weightlifting or the gymnastics, stems from having like a strong core.
1: Yeah, I know that you actually you have a a power abs program, and when I first heard about this, the the thing that like went off in my head, which is which is incorrect, was like the old eight minute abs commercials Mm -hmm. or something like that. But uh, I know this is a program you've developed, and it's really taking a lot of the practice that you've kind of taken from your gymnastics days and evolved as a CrossFit athlete. You know, what is your, your goal when you tell other people about the program or you're kind of coaching someone through improving their core strength? You know, how do you like to teach that? How do you like to focus in on that? And what do you like to prioritize kind of for the, the general level or say like amateur CrossFitter when it comes to core strength?
0: Yeah, I think that one thing uh, a lot of people look past is the basic basics for core strength like hollow body hold it's one of the most simple things you can do but so many people do it incorrectly if you have the hollow body hold right your kipping pull-ups your muscle-ups your handstands are all going to be a lot better just because you have that basic foundation and then in addition to that all of your weightlifting, like having a strong core is so important just so like I said I have back pain I know a lot of people do so it just helps kind of alleviate your back pain if you know how to properly engage your core and not only the back pain your numbers are going to go up So starting at the basics, learning that hollow body hold and kind of progressing everything from there. People try and get too fancy, jumping on the GHDs, doing all sorts of crazy stuff when they haven't built the foundation and similar, like you should have your strict toes to bar before you start kipping toes to bar, similar to pull-ups and everything. So just setting that basic foundation, like learning how to do an empty bar snatch before you add weight. Same thing, like you need to learn how to properly activate your abs and do that hollow body hold before you end up jumping on the bar and doing your kipping, muscle-ups, pull-ups, whatever it may be, you can even like handstand positioning.
1: I mean, there's no one, there's no one who, who knows core training and CrossFit better than Carrie Pierce. So I'm going to need to take some of these tips uh, into my own training and my own practice. What are some other things? I mean, you are a, an active coach, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a big part of, of your schedule each and every day. What are some other things that you like to, I'm going to use the term harp on as a coach, or that you'll like point out pretty immediately if you have a new athlete or you're, if you're working with someone for the first time?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of the CrossFit movements are hip hinging movements. And so people love to round their backs. So that's the main thing is, yep, hunching forward. So that's the main thing is just teaching them properly how to keep that back straight just because if they're doing snatches, if they're doing cleans, deadlifts, you name, like, the weightlifting movements, even squats and everything, if their back is in a solid position, then they will end up hurting themselves, you know, which is the goal especially, like, right as you start, And just working on the basics, you can never go wrong with mastering the basics. I remember in gymnastics, I repeated one of the levels because I didn't have the basics correct. And like some of the other girls passed me, but then I ended up passing them a little bit later because I had stayed longer with just doing the boring basics, but then everything else came easier. So if you master the basic movements for the CrossFit, the pull-ups, handstand push-ups, the strict stuff, nothing fancy... Then eventually, once the technique and the skill comes, everything will be a lot easier.
1: So this is this is changing course a little bit. But I am curious, and I originally met you at at regionals competition. And for me, on the media side, that was it was almost like a sacred time. Regionals every year was where you get a lot of like face to face time with the athletes. You can really connect with athletes who kind of live and train close to where you are. They could connect with the fans. I I personally miss regionals. Not to lead this question too (laughs) too clearly. is that something, is that something you miss? And, and we're over a year since it's been over a year since they announced the sanctionals, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're in our second year of qualification in that method for the CrossFit games, but you know, do you miss regionals? And what was your initial reaction when you first heard about the new qualification system?
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like a bittersweet. Uh, when I first heard about the new qualification system, I was very sad because I, did also really enjoy regionals, and I think, you know, having that system set for the few years that I did it um, really just, like, set the tone of how the season was going to be. You do the open, you do regionals, you qualify the games, you go to the games, then you have this, like, off-season. Yeah, you can still go to other competitions, like Dubai still had their competition, and Wadapalooza and Granite Games, like, there was some other competitions, but there weren't nearly as many or that were, like, as well-known around the world. So, It was really sad when you're like, no regionals. Like, it was just a fun competition. Like, a lot of people in New York could go because it was in Albany. So, and similar to wherever you are at in the States or overseas, it was just easy to go watch your fellow CrossFitters. But now, this year, after looking at like the sanctional season, I mean, number one, I've already qualified to the games and it's January. So that's nice. But also having the open right after the games was not ideal. Cause like I said, it didn't feel like I got much of an off season, mainly, mainly mentally. I think physically was okay, but it was mentally like right into the open, which was nice to have through January end of February until like, I compete again at Wadapalooza. And then also like being basically a full-time athlete. I mean, I coach some as well, but this sanctional season allows CrossFit athletes to make a lot more money. So I know like last, like two years ago at Wadapalooza, the prize for first place was fifteen thousand. Last year was twenty-five, this year is fifty. And so that's just one prime example of like there's more money to be made at certain sanctionals. And then seeing like Madrid, I think they said Madrid has a hundred thousand dollars for the first place team. And so I think just as far as like being an athlete, there's a lot more potential to make money. And like regionals, we made a little bit of money from that, but it was still like five thousand for first place, four for second, three for third two and then one um so i think overall i like the fact that you can make more money and you can travel around the world a little bit more to make some money
1: what do you think we're going to see at the crossfit games this year as far as programming i mean we are seven months out this is like way too early to predict but what do you think we're going to see and what are some things that you might like to see at the games that we maybe haven't seen in the past or haven't seen as much of
0: yeah, I, well, having the gymnastics background that I do, I would love to see just more strict gymnastics stuff, and I, I'm surprised that we haven't just because... They program so much online. I mean, isn't that
1: a little difficult to like set a standard for strict gymnastics? I know it's not impossible, and I know they've Mm -hmm. done they've done things to have standards for dips and for like strict handstand push-ups before, but strict movements by their nature, it's it's kind of like it's kind of hard to judge. Does someone have a little kip, a little extra movement in there? Isn't that kind of a complicating factor?
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And I think just like for things like if you have a muscle up even or like even pull-ups, you can like just make a standard. It might not be completely strict, but just keep your feet in front of you the whole time. Gotcha. So even if like people can use their hips a little bit, as long as like your feet are in front of you and you're not doing like the full swing, Mm -hmm. it's still like, you still can get a little bit momentum from your legs and your hips, but it does force you to use your upper body a lot more. It's
1: just narrowing those bumper lanes a little bit, basically.
0: Yeah. And yeah, forces you to have more strict strength. So I think that would be cool. And then I also think like Doing some freestanding handstand pushups would be cool, whether they're strict or whether they're kipping. I think just throwing something different that is a little bit higher skilled out there would be really cool.
1: I'm actually shocked we haven't seen freestanding handstand pushups at the games level before. I mean, we've seen all sorts of handstand walk, obstacles go up ramps, go upstairs. It seems like that's a much simpler thing to kind of measure. I don't know, I'm surprised we haven't seen that. I'm like shocked.
0: Yeah, I am too. And actually like last year when we had that event chaos and we didn't know what we were doing, there was, like, they just told us we were going to go out there. There's a 12-minute time cap. Whenever we're going to go to a station, we'll do however many the judge, or stop when the judge tells us to stop, move to the next station. They had little pads out there. And I was like, oh, we're going to get to do freestanding handstand push-ups. And then we got there, and they're like pistols. I was like, oh, come on. Like <laughs> I, I was like, I'm probably the only athlete on the floor right now that thinks we're doing freestanding handstand push-ups. I was like, I don't know what everybody else thinks that we're doing. But that was like the first thing that came to my mind. Then we got there, we had pistols. And I was like, I mean, I like pistols too, but I really thought we were going to do handstand push-ups.
1: You're attending your six CrossFit games this year. And it doesn't feel like that many. And there are athletes who have have been in the game longer than you have, certainly. But you know, six is an impressive number. And it certainly makes you, uh, I don't want to say seasoned veteran, because you're, you're certainly not old. But it just—it's cert- you have experience. And you have a lot of good games under your belt. And you've shown consistent improvement what ultimately do you want to get out of your CrossFit career and, and how long do you think you can maintain performance at this level?
0: Yeah, ultimately I want to make it to the podium. Um, that is the ultimate goal. Um, I've been the top American the last three out of four years. So obviously just continuing to do that, like that, I remember the first year that I got top American and I actually started crying with my coach. Cause I'm like, that's so cool. Like it's, I don't know, a feeling that nothing else can match. Um, and As far as, like, competing, I I want to ballpark, like, three more years, Mm -hmm. and I think it's just taking each year at a time and, like, making sure that I'm mentally and physically ready to go and that I feel good because if, I mean, if it stops becoming fun, I mean, certain days are more fun than others. Obviously, like, it's not fun every day, um, but overall, I really enjoy what I do, and I think if down the road it comes, like, something comes that I'm just not having fun or not enjoying it or just don't have the same drive, I think I would step to the side and whether I would do team for a year and then kind of reevaluate and see what's going on. Um, But for now I plan on doing individual two to three more years.
1: Well, I I think you're you're very much in very much in your prime and there's absolutely no doubt about that. But we certainly have seen some athletes move over to the team for a year or two and come back on the individual side and have some more success. So it's it's interesting. I mean, it, it seems to me like training for a team at that level is still very intense, but I guess for a lot of folks it is a way to potentially dial back the volume and intensity a little bit for a year.
0: Yeah. That's what a lot of people that have switched over to doing team, say, they say, I mean, obviously, like, you're training with other people, and it is kind of a different type of training, like, it's more of, like, a sprint, rest, sprint, rest, and you, I mean, you really have to know what your body is capable of, and you can, you know, be a specialist, more or less, in certain areas, like, for me, I could get, or, like, have a a lady on the team who was, like, strong barbell lady, and then I could do a lot of gymnastics, I feel like I could, like, kind of specialize, and like you said, you could dial back the volume, or if you're having, like, a little ache and pain like your knee, then maybe you don't do as much squatting or whatever for some events. I mean, obviously you can't predict the programming, but you can scale back the training a little bit. And just everyone has said that it's so much fun too. And I think it would just throw like something different just to change it up a little bit than the monotony of you know training by yourself.
1: Who what does your ideal team look like? So one other woman, two guys. You can pick you can pick anyone it doesn't it doesn't matter if they're going individual or team or, or how they're competing these days. What's your ideal team?
0: yeah, I mean uh like I, the female Cap, would definitely. captain Carrie Pierce yeah, there and you then, go of course Captain Carrie Pierce, and then I think Sarah Sigmund's daughter would be the girl um just she's so so solid all around and it, like she's super strong, and I think like I mean she's great at the gymnastics but I think we would complement each other very well there. And then for the guys, I was on a team with Noah Olsen at the Invitational a couple years ago, and he was just so much fun to be with. So I think he would be a lot of fun. And then, I mean, and then you have to take Rich Froning, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) he's the king of team athletes. And I mean, especially if you said that I'm the captain, done.
1: Yeah, you get, to, you get to tell Rich Froning what to yeah. do for a season. That's a, you can't pass that up that opportunity. No, not at all. Carrie, what's the best place for folks to keep up to date with what you're doing, uh, both as a, an athlete and also uh, as a coach and, and things like that?
0: Yeah, my Instagram is the best place to find me, and that's Carrie Pierce CrossFit. That's P-E-A-R-C-E. Correct.
1: Not, and, not P-I-E-R-C-E.
0: Yeah, correct. And the first name is K-A-R-I. Which is becoming more common nowadays. It used to be C-A-R-R-I-E, but I feel like nowadays there are more carries that are K A R I. So <laughs> well,
1: Garrett, that's good. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. We're we're absolutely huge fans at Barbend and we really appreciate you taking the time.
0: Of course, it was my pleasure.